Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Running on Scuffs. Uh, a bit of a non-traditional look tonight. Uh, everybody else is gone. I am back. I've also fired all of my co-hosts in a hostile takeover of the brand, and uh, I would say we've upgraded today. So, Matt, how are you doing, man? Second time on the show? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm just uh, still feel a little bit waterlogged after mid-Ohio, but I'm good. Yeah, we're glad that you're here, man. Talk about Mid Ohio. Um, this other guy here, Shell, Shell Nut, whatever you want to call him, is a, is an old friend of mine from the Reddit Cup series, and he was a guest on probably, in my opinion, the most infamous episode of Dipstick Debates, my glorious original Bristol Dirt rant. Shell, how are you doing, my friend? Have we lost Shell? Hold on. Okay, we're gonna take Shell off for a minute while he gets his stuff figured out. I got you. Anyways, Matt, you were at yeah. Mid Ohio. You were spotting for Brett Holmes. I Why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us how that experience was? I can safely say this: that is the most wildest, craziest thing I've ever done. But it was the most fun thing I've ever done, hands down, no question. That was an experience that I didn't expect, but it was in a positive way. Where were you at on the track? Were you? Uh... I was positioned at. <clears throat> I was positioned in the S's. Uh, I had the, I had the field from the exit of turn six, through turn seven, eight, into the choose zone and took turn nine and had them going into turn ten. Ooh, a lot of the action spots there, right? Like, right? Yeah, I, it was very very action filled. There were probably about 20 spotters over there where I was counting myself. Uh, there was every one of the Thor Sport trucks were over there. They had spotters over there. Uh, Daniel Dye had one. Raja Karuth had a spotter over there. Uh, Austin Wayne Self with the AM22 truck was over there. Uh, two KBM spotters were over there. Uh, Tyler Ankrum's spotter was over there. That's just to name a few. But uh, I was positioned on a truck standing with uh, Tracy Hines, who was spotting for Thor Sport. So that was an experience right there and getting to talk with Tracy being a USAC national champion that he yeah. is. That was really fun. Yeah, man. Talk about the strategy of, you know, the trick race started in the wet, went to the dry. Like talk about yeah. how it changes, like how you call a race as a spotter. Well, it was it, being the first time I've ever spotted a national series race like that ever. It kind of threw me for a loop, but you know, with having Jerry Baxter, Brett's crew chief, this a longtime series veteran, being, I guess you could say, one of those calming voices in the headset. You know, he kept there. He kept everyone in line. All the spotters, like, hey, we need to do this. We need to do this. We need to do that. But with me being back there in turn eight and nine, where the choose zone was, and I've never done that before, knowing it's going to be in the rain, I was like, okay, here we go. But with them starting single file like they done, because they told us on the they told us back there all starts and restarts will be single file until further notice. So we're thinking, okay, great. That's going to take a little bit of pressure off. But as the rain got lighter, because the television was very, television feed was very deceptive. It was raining extremely hard in the S's in six, seven, eight, nine, and 10. And then with the wind blowing too, it made it, it made it kind of uncomfortable. Let's say that. Because you're trying to keep your radios dry, you're trying to keep everything dry. Um, 
and you're trying to listen and be on your toes and keep your head on the swivel at the same time watching all the action. But once the rain finally stopped, the wind picked up, which helped the track dry out a little bit quicker. Then the clouds broke, sun pops out, dries up even more. But it did something that I uncharacteristically thought was uncharacteristic. When the heat got out a little bit, it started pulling oil out of the track and the S's got super, super slick. And a lot of people were having a hard time getting through the S's. But it wasn't too bad to call. Because like I said, when you got somebody like Jerry Baxter, where it's crew chief, that's there for that voice, it made it easier, honestly. Yeah. Uh, before we add our friend Shell back in, uh, talk about Mid-Ohio's venue as a whole. Like, I know there's a lot of hope or thought that maybe it could be a Cup Series track, and I know it used to be like a popular stop in the Xfinity Series. Talk about what you think the future of Mid-Ohio could be within the sport as a whole. Well, I could say Mid-Ohio is more going to be one of those one-off venues. Well, they word it that way. Whether the Xfinity Series goes back or it stays trucks, that's more of a one-off deal because even though the ARCA race and there was maybe 20, 21 cars up there, the paddock area, as they call it, was pretty stacked with 38 trucks in there, 38 haulers in there, 38 trucks, and it was it was kind of crowded. But I think it's more of a one-off venue. I think it'll stay more Xfinity or trucks. I don't personally foresee Cup going there. Yeah. I was just curious. You know, there's a lot of competition for road courses on the schedule. Sure. Obviously, the success of Chicago last week opens the door for more street courses. So, you know, NASCAR trying to balance out its market of road courses, street courses, where they are, right, right. you know, what cities, talking about, you know, and you got these lower-level ones like Portland and now mm -hmm. Road America and back in the Xfinity Series only. It's interesting to see how NASCAR is going to um, adjust and, and, like, attack its schedule, especially as we get sure. closer to 2024. Mm -hmm. um, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and add Shell back in, and now we can discuss the Truck Series race as a whole. Let's make sure he's added in here. There he is. Loose lug nut. Can you hear me? Yes, no. Mm. Do we have you, Shell? Uh, okay. Anyways, Matt, let's yeah. go ahead and kind of break down this truck race. Uh, I didn't get to tune in for. Y'all got me? Yes, we got you now. Can you hear us? I can hear you. Yeah. Shell, can you hear us? Looks like the dreaded internet problem. I know, man. This is what happens when I host the show. <laughs> All right. We'll let Shell continue to get it figured out. Anyway, so uh, Truck Race was dominated by Corey Heim. Um, I didn't get to tune in to watch the broadcast all the way through until about the the end of st or the middle of stage three, which yeah felt endless at one point. <laughs> um, yeah, it really did. Staying from from my vantage point, stage one and two felt like a never ending saga. Stage three yeah. actually felt quick, but you know that's that's really just how it went. And personally, for me, standing back there with the Thorsport guys, I thought it was going to be a Thorsport runaway when Ty Majeski and Ben Rhodes got far away from, like, from the field like they got each other. But when they come into turn five and to turn six, and to my viewpoint, they want to take each other out, then that opens the door up for Corey Hunt. 
and then Corey Heim wins it in a walk off. So, but yeah. that uh, that fir- those first two stages with the single file and the wet racing that was excruciating to watch and to have to call because of the pace that they were running was such a snail's pace, which I get a lot of them don't have the rain racing experience. A lot of them wanted to take care and stay on the strip because I can't tell you how many times I heard Jerry tell Brett, keep it on the road, just keep it on the road, keep it on the road. It's going to stop raining. It's going to dry up. When it dries up, we're going to go. So, and there were others as well because on the truck next to us was a Matt Mills spotter and one of Daniel Dye spotters that was on there. And they was telling their two the same thing. Just keep it on the road for right now and let's just survive and then go for it. But the third stage, I thought some of the mid, the mid pack racing was good. And the front, I'm going to say the front five were really in a league of their own. The mid, and back to it, the mid, the mid pack of the race was good. Some of the trucks towards the tail end of the lead lap, front part of the first trucks one lap down, they raced really hard as well. But you had that inexperience factor with a lot of them there within road course racing and inexperience in mid-Ohio in general that in ways kind of hampered it a little bit, in my opinion, that took away from some of it because you had some being too cautious. Yet again, you had some being too aggressive that was kind of taking some of the air out of the area, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, like, from my vantage point at home, looked like a five-truck breakaway. It was. And, you know, I don't think – this is not me coming for Fox exactly, but uh, I wasn't on the show last week, and – uh, this is my comments overall on Foxes. Is, is I'm uh, I hate that they have to cover road course racing in general. I think that their product lacks a lot of coverage and lacks coverage. And I think they're doing us an even bigger disservice as fans by 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 terribly covering truck series road course racing. And and I I don't know. I feel like they miss a lot. Uh, this is to wrap it all up on that thought though. Is um I just want to say that last week I was incredibly happy that NBC had Chicago sure. and not Fox. I don't know uh, how Clint Boyer would have done it. And I, I would agree with you with that. I mean, Fox, where they're taking away from their coverage at is they've got their main broadcasting crew not doing it at the racetrack. They're doing it from a studio in Concord and Charlotte area, making it look like they're at the racetrack when they're not. Because the only two people that I saw there at the racetrack from Fox was Amanda Busick and Amanda, uh, the uh, the other girl. Jamie Howe? Uh, yeah, Jamie Howe. Yeah, Amanda Busick and Jamie Howe. That was it. All the yeah. MRN crew was there. But all you see from Fox there is Amanda Busick and Jamie Howe. And I'm going, how do you adequately give a solid coverage race and your main broadcast crew is not even here? Yeah, exactly. So, and obviously they have the infrastructure enough to, like, you know – get coverage there i mean nbc and and uh indycar were there just a week ago they were um so they obviously have the ability to get coverage but wrapping up the truck series Corey heim won um and uh it, it was it is what it is in the truck series and a road course you know mm-hmm. i love the truck series but I, I like to call the truck series uh a drunken makeout you know sometimes sure it's sloppy in the moment it feels great and then when you think about it afterwards sometimes a little bit regretful but 
at the same yeah. time, you'll always yeah. come back and do it again until you get yeah. married. That's right. That's right. So, uh, you know, kudos to the truck series. We're going to keep on trucking, and I believe their next race is at Pocono. Correct. With two races left in the regular season. Mm -hmm. uh, so big ones there. Moving on to Atlanta, um, we got the Xfinity series, my favorite series, uh, but did not put on the show that I'd hoped. And we're going to try to add Shell back in, but let's go ahead and uh, talk about Atlanta. Matt, you work at Talladega, right? So you're familiar with a lot of great yeah. super speedway yes. racing. Mm -hmm. Tell me where you think Atlanta ranks in the in the scene of super speedway racing amongst the Daytona and Talladegas of the world? I'll say, I'll say with complete unbiased opinion here. From a super speedway standpoint, it is extremely hard to touch what the product that Daytona and Talladega gives. My personal opinion, Talladega gives a little bit more than Daytona. Because if you've got that extra 20 feet of racetrack, then you can run three lanes solid and not have to worry about what I call the bottleneck issues. All right. Now, Atlanta's coming. Atlanta, I'll give them credit. It's coming into its own slowly but surely. Do a lot of people like it? No. Is it perfect yet? No. Is it getting better from a super speedway style standpoint? Yes. Now, granted, granted, yesterday for the cup part of it, with that sense of urgency, knowing weather's coming in, it made it a little bit more intense. I've seen intensity style races like that at Talladega before, even non-weather related. But when the weather related issues come up at Talladega, and we know when rain and weather's coming, yeah, it gets into a knockdown, dragout brawl. And you say moves and runs made like you've never seen before that make you go, sweet mother of you know what, where did that come from? And it gets everybody on their feet. But I would say if I had to go on a 100% scale, I would say it's 55% Talladega's got the better. I'm going to say 30% Daytona. And currently, Atlanta 15 and climbing is how I would say that. Xfinity put on a really good race compared to what the cup cars do in Atlanta just because of their drivability and the driving, how you have to drive. This is, this is an interesting conversation to have because when I, you know, Atlanta, shockingly to me, is the first track we've gone to for a second time this season. And the return trip, uh, gave us a different story than the than the um, than the first one, right? Like sure. to me, when you look back at that spring race, and, and maybe it's just because I'm biased and I remember fondly Josh Williams and his antics and stuff. But to me, that Xfinity race in the spring was killer. It was, I was and mad. and the Cup race was the dud. It was, but coming back in the summer, uh, I felt. The roles were a bit reversed, and I don't know if it's the weather, but like, I think the weather had quite a bit to do with it. But um, it did. It was a really interesting comparison, and uh, the setup man Tom will be saying the racing in Atlanta gets better as tires wear, tower becomes more important as the pavement ages. I think the racing will get better because the tires will worry more. This is true, right? Like very true. I, 
I think that the unanimous opinion that I'm coming to, at least, is that oh, I thought this would disappear. Anyways, um, is that this project by SMI was a success? You know, sure, sure. Um, but anyways, digging in, digging into the Xfinity Series race as a whole, uh, obvious. Blah, 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 blah. Obviously, John Henry Mitchell won in a uh, more than controversial finish, I would say. The whole Justin Haley fiasco. Um, Shell, do you want to walk us through your opinions on the end of that Xfinity race? Uh, he's not unmuted, Shell. Give it a try, Shell. All right. All right. Matt, why don't you go ahead and give us your thoughts first while Shell gets it figured out? Well, considering that we lost. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, we got you. You want to give us your take? It's like he's auto muted. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can control it. Now try speaking. He's talking, but it's muted. Unmute. All right, Matt, you can go ahead and give us your thoughts first, and then we'll 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 try for show. Well, well, considering we were watching the Xfinity race, I think I got you now. There okay. he is. All right, give us. You got one more chance of this opinion. Three strikes and you're out. <laughs> I don't know. He's got some serious internet problems, it looks like. All right. It's the Alabama internet. This is uh, his problem. It was a little bit laggy, so I didn't hear you. Uh, give us your thoughts on the Xfinity Series race, Shell. That's right, Shell. No hate tonight from for Shell. <laughs> All right. All right, Matt. All right. Let's well, talk us through it. Considering that we watched the Xfinity race in the airport in transition coming home Saturday night, it was myself, Brett, uh, Timmy Hill, and some of his people were watching the Xfinity race all together. It was a uh, – you thought it was going to be Austin Hill's race to lose because he's – He's so he's gotten so good and he's so sneaky. And I'll throw this in too. I heard someone say in Mid Ohio that as a team member of Brett's that does work for that does crew work for Richard Childress Racing for Sheldon Creed and Austin Dillon. But he said it. He said it really in a kind of a kind way. He said when it comes to when it comes to super speedway racing. Austin is 10 times smarter than Sheldon will ever be. Sheldon Creed will ever be running the super speedway race because Austin studies the stuff and he understands how to drive. Now, to me, college racing surprised me because they dominated super speedways for so long there and was constantly up front. And then they kind of just eased their way off and just kind of laid back a little while. And then next thing you know, I'm looking up and – I remember Timmy Hill sitting in the airport. He said, good God, where'd the college cars come from? They just woke up and they look unbeatable. But 
at the same time, I sit, we all sit there and said, Austin sitting back there just waiting. Even though the incident with him and Parker Kligerman, they kind of just took each other out. And then next thing you know, boom, colleague kind of busts herself up when one loses the oh, Chandler Smith runs out of gas and then John Hunter Nemechek slips up through there and wins it. But back to what I said earlier, I thought the Xfinity race was a classic super speedway style Xfinity race. The ones that you normally see up front were there. The ones that normally dominate were there. Even though the one that normally don't dominate slipped through, minded their P's and Q's, boom, we win. Yeah. But overall, I thought it was a fairly good race. Uh, yeah, I mean, I tell you what, Austin Hill, being a being a lifelong Denny Hamlin fan, Austin Hill gives me some real shades of Denny Hamlin. Sure. Just how smart he is um, and how fast he is. And I really think that these Xfinity cars are able to almost accentuate his speed and his talent at these super speedways even more, you know? Oh, sure, sure. I mean, this guy's a one-man wrecking crew, and he said in his post-race, you know, honestly, he's like, the only guy I have to work with, he's like, there's no Chevy alliances, uh, there's nothing with the colleague anymore, there's nothing with Big Machine, you know, they don't really work together. It's just him and Sheldon. Sure. And just like just like you said, you know, like I said, he's miles and miles ahead of Sheldon at super studio racing, so really he's kind of on an island in a way, you know? I mean... He, he really is, and Zach as well, too, He when he was talking about it, he said as well that he's even heard, and, I, and this raised my eyebrow really, really high. He's even heard R.C., Richard Childers, he calls him, everybody calls him R.C. He's even heard R.C. say that the way Austin works drafting-style tracks and works the air is scary similar to how Dale Earnhardt worked it. Yeah. He understands how it works. He executes it in ways like Dale Earnhardt worked it. And I just raised my eyebrow and I went, mm, that's that's big to say that. That's, that's how you know it, man. I mean, uh all I'm gonna say is Austin Dillon's lucky he's got the silver spoon. Because I mean, if if anybody I mean if if the if the guy who owns his car and the grandfather of Austin Dillon, right, is yep. talking about how great Austin Hill is. Yeah. The only, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> hopefully, true. hopefully RCR can get that third car. I, I highly doubt that they're in a place to expand right now. Maybe they are. Maybe they've got, maybe Bennett Transportation, you know, really yeah. funds Austin Hill. But I mean, I think he's ready for the jump. Yeah. Uh, I mean, shoot. I mean, if you can put him at, I mean, think about the payoff and return on investment you could get if you could just get Austin Hill. Just to win you the Daytona 500. Oh, I agree. I fully agree. You know the the sponsorship that would come from that, the the earnings, the winnings, the notoriety, the playoff appearance. Like, sure, sure. I mean that guy's, yeah, it, it, he is. He is slowly creeping up. I mean, he's in that rarefied Xfinity Series air when you're talking about the way that Dale Jr. dominated the Xfinity Series oh, and Super Speedways, the way that Tony Stewart dominated the Xfinity Series at Daytona. Mm -hmm. uh, Justin Haley, he's in that sort of air, and I um, mean, he keeps elevating himself. He does because unlike really does. Justin Haley, um, I mean, he uh, he does not have the rest of the team behind him. You know, right. colleagues, you know, all for one and one for all, and Austin Hill is one for one. <laughs> no doubt. But let's no give doubt. John Hernandez. Let's give John Hernandez a check his flowers. Um, he was there all night long. He ran a smart race. I mean, he was not 
by any means the favorite. But you said it, right? I mean, uh, you know, I, I think John Hunter is one of those guys who's always up front at these super speedways. He's usually not – it just feels like he's a bit ahead of whoever these Toyota teams he's working with. He wow. just feels far too advanced for the rest of this team. Um, I think this is this is kind of the, the, the thing I'm seeing here, right? Like, I mean – I think he's a far superior super speed racer to Ty Gibbs. I think he's way advanced on Sammy Smith in general just because of his lack of experience. Mm-hmm. Going back to the truck series, you know, the rotating slew of guys in the 51 and Kyle Busch, like, you know, he's just advanced. He's he's, a, he's significantly better than the rest of his team at this, so he never gets the help he quite deserves and needs to pull it off. I would say I would safely say out of the entire Toyota camp in between – Cup and Xfinity, and even trucks. The top three super speedway racers that Toyota has is Denny Hamlin, Bubba Wallace, and John Hernandez. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, Martin Martin Truex is making a strong case. He's looked really racy, um, but he usually can't make it to stage three without fumbling over himself. So, so he can make it to the end of one of these races, and I'm taking the shot because Justin's not here. <laughs> Until he makes it to the end of one of these races, I mean, he's not gonna, he's not gonna give my my vote. Of course, I mean, right. You know, right. you gotta win a Daytona 500, Martin. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But let's go ahead and move on to the Cup race. I think there's a lot to talk about here. Um, with the rain, but like the, the like I talked about earlier, but like the schedule as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. So let's let's dive into this first question here. Um, NASCAR has had, you know, coming off of Chicago, has had a Fourth of July controversy, in my opinion. And it's where do we take the sport Fourth of July weekend? Where do we want to, we as a sport, want to celebrate America's independence? You know, of course, it used to be at Daytona for the four hundred, the night race. It then traveled to Indianapolis, I believe, for a year. Yes, went to Road America for like a year. Uh, it obviously went to Chicago this year. Mm-hmm. I think there's a legitimate argument for Atlanta um, being another super speedway style track. So, Matt, when when you think about how you're building your 2024 NASCAR schedule, where do you want to see NASCAR celebrate the fourth? And how do you want them to navigate this uh, NBC? Let's say the summer part, the NBC stretch of the summer. I'm going to say a simple phrase here with the scheduling part back to basics mm-hmm. you put you've got so many people within the sport not only across cup but through the xfinity series and truck series that would love nothing more than to see july 4th independence day weekend race even if the fourth falls a couple days before that weekend or if it falls a couple days after that weekend be back in daytona beach running it at the traditional time that it always ran at 11 a.m. Eastern. Run it during the day, a hot part of the day, July 4th, old school Firecracker 400 style setup. To end the regular season, I could say ended at Atlanta. Why not? You ended at Daytona, so why can't you end it at Atlanta? Swap the dates. I think, I think that's how I would answer the question too, right? Like, uh, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, 
the short-term contract with Chicago, the the new mayor's reluctance to even like claim that they're coming here next year. I think NASCAR needs to to put some sort of super speed racing on the Fourth of July. You know, you got to have fireworks on and off the track. You know, so to sure. me, the answer is is Atlanta or Daytona. I mean, I personally think you would just go dig all the way back into the tradition and put it back at put it back at Daytona. Sure. And you make Atlanta that cutoff race. And, and you know, next year, the 4th of July falls on a Wednesday. So if you really wanted to, you could put Chicago the Sunday before, and then you could put – or Daytona the Sunday bef- – the Saturday before, and then you could put, you know, Chicago the week after, however they wanted to do it, and you could kind of claim both. But you, – you, you could legitimately do that. But without – directly showing that I was eavesdropping and could pay attention, paying attention to it. You could overhear some people that was having conversation in the garage in mid Ohio that Chicago is not coming back next year. Yeah. They're, pr- they're pretty sure Chicago is not. Said coming a man back said, I saw the Daytona. Yeah. I'm <laughs> from what I know and what I've seen, I'm pretty, pretty uh, confident in Chicago. I don't know. I don't think that they really, I think if they wanted them back, they would have already announced it, right? Like, sure, sure. <sighs> the, the, you, uh, hate NASCAR, you hate it for NASCAR, you hate NASCAR because it seems like it was a success on their end, and the people that got exposed to racing, you know, I mean, sure, had a good race last week, in my opinion, and had another good race again this week to follow it up, right? Like, yeah, uh, big deal there, you know. Like, if you're gonna build fans, but. That's what I'm saying. I saw the July Daytona race one year. It had a rain delay, and I stood around in wet clothes for nine hours. And it was still the best race trip that I've ever had. You know, my my favorite racing trip was also a rain race. So, you know, the rain be damned, but mine was a road course race. I would, so. say, I would say rain race, probably the most tiring, but one of the most fun ones that I had not counting this past weekend because this past weekend went to the top and having overall just boatload of fun, even though it was in the pouring down rain in a storm was Darlington 2019 when the race did not start until 10 30 PM and the checkered flag fell at 2:28 AM. We were working public address that weekend, myself and Steve West, and I can remember they called and said, hey, we're racing tonight because the hurricane was coming up the eastern seaboard and the state of emergency was put within the Darlington area. So the governor of South Carolina said, we're racing tonight. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, thought I had this comment taken off. I'm sorry. Yeah. I can hear him now. My favorite. And he's froze up. Seems like every time you add me to the broadcast, it lags. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was my that's been my favorite rain race was Darlington 2019, where it started 10:30 p.m., ended at 2:28 a.m. And by the time I left the racetrack, I was watching the sun come up. So I can safely say I shut a racetrack down. <laughs> <laughs> Zach is actually froze on my screen. I can actually see you move and talk around. So. Right. Yeah, he's froze on mine too. 
Okay. Yeah, um, I don't really. I live forty-five minutes from Talladega, so I don't. I don't get to go to a whole lot of races, uh, especially with my work schedule. But uh, that's coincidental. I literally live ten miles from Talladega. <laughs> but yeah. it's uh it's 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 really fun to be this close to that truck close to there and be somewhat in close proximity to atlanta as well yeah because it gives you two good options to go to and in all honesty bristol was in shout is in shouting distance as well for me yeah so my i've been to two talladega races uh, one, I didn't get to stay the entire time, but one, I got to stay all the way. Uh, I think it was 2005, Jeff Gordon won that one. Yeah. Um, but I did get to go to the Bristol All-Star Race. Uh, mm-hmm. The numbers got moved back to the quarter panel. Sure. Okay. Um, that was that was pretty fun. My my boy Chase Elliott won that race, of course. Uh, so that was pretty nice. But um, I've yeah. been, been to – Three all-star races at Charlotte. I went to the 21 all-star race in Texas and went this year to Wilkesboro. And I can safely say, even though it looked like a snooze fest on TV, the Wilkesboro all-star race was the better one. Yeah. Because Wilkesboro was track number 21 that I've been to across the entire series, counting all four national series when you count ARCA as well. I've been to 21 different tracks. 22 is yet to be determined, whichever one it may be. So time will tell on that one. Yeah. But uh, but with this, the cut race yesterday, it was kind of a head-scratcher to me, even though we know the rain was playing a factor in the intensity part of it. And there he's back. Hey. That, sorry, the, the Wi-Fi spiked on my end uh... – Long-time listeners and long-time viewers know uh, <laughs> Wi-Fi spikes. But I heard what you were saying about the, the race. So let's go ahead and continue that thought. Um, obviously, we agree that the racing got a lot better. It was good. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it had to do with the rain. But like I guess the, the, the big conversation, right, is how NASCAR officiated the last, what, like 20 minutes running under caution, 15 minutes? Like, what, what do we do? You know, I mean, I, I'll go ahead and put my opinion out there. I think that they should have red flagged it as soon as the rain started falling. Like this caution, or they should have gone back to green as soon as they cleaned up the caution. Um, yeah. I mean, I have, I've obviously been a Jenny Hamlin fan. Uh, have been a victim of rain on a racetrack before. Um, so I, I, I stand, I stand to see the safety argument. Um, but at the same time, like either you just call it, just call it early, or you know, or this whole running around in a caution, waiting for more rain to come, is the dumbest thing I've seen. And, I mean, they could have gotten in at least another ten laps. It, it was it was terrible, from the fact of oh oh we, we didn't want to have happen what happened in Daytona last year. All right, I'm gonna throw a flag on that play. All right, the, what happened at Daytona last year was just it was a hard summer downpour that just popped up out of nowhere and Michelle being from Alabama, he knows how those go. Yeah. He, I'm sure Zach does as well. All right. This was a light, a light sprinkle that just was there. 
but there's so much heat in the racetrack that by the time it hits the racetrack, it dissipates. All right. I'm in agreement with you, Zach. You could have run eight, 10, 12 more laps easy. And then when it gets to that point where like, hey, rain's getting harder, rain's getting harder. And your officials that are on the spotter stand, your officials that are in the corner that are spotting, looking for moisture on the track, looking for rain, excuse me, they call to the tower. Hey, we got head, we got, uh, I would say, moderate rain falling in turn two. Then you've got a reason to throw the caution because the rain was coming from turn two back across turn four. Then you got that reason to, and then when the lightning picks up, yeah, you park them. But I think that took yeah. away immensely from last night. Man. You know, I, I think the question is, is what could have been, right? Yeah, William right. Byron wins his fourth race of the season. Uh, there's a lot of unanswered questions here. Um, Daniel Suarez finishes second. What if he wins mm-hmm. that race? Uh, what if Brad Keselowski, hard charger coming through? Ended up finishing six. sixth. Mm-hmm. Could have easily won that race. He was on a warpath. Uh, would Michael McDowell have ran out of gas since he was racing under green flag conditions? He's now 16th uh, in the standings. Yeah. You know, that, that basically covers most of the top five right there, right? Like, that's four guys whose races yeah. are completely altered. William Byron jumps to the points lead now in the series by 21 points over mm-hmm. Martin Truex Jr., Mm-hmm. By this one call, pretty much. I mean, this is this is incredible. I mean, uh, you know, I know that I know that NASCAR's hands are tied, uh, and I don't want to be, you know, in their decision in their cho- in their decision making. But you know, for the, how the rest of the race played out, and how everything, you know, the momentum coming out of Chicago. What a buzzkill. What an absolute buzzkill. I, I will tell you, I will, I will tell you, say it to the both of you where it boils down to. It boils down to incompetence that they have for series officials. Here's why. I overheard not one, but two crew chiefs at Mid Ohio there in the truck series race that were questioning the new series director. Because he doesn't even know what a wheel spacer is. Both of them said the same thing. I said, how do you not know what a wheel spacer is? He said, he doesn't. They said within the the last 10 years, the best series director that the truck series has had is Elton Sawyer. Because Elton Sawyer has been a driver, he's been a mechanic, and he's been in the trenches. And he knows how everything operates. No question. That's right. But it, it's incompetence. I've often been on a long, long-standing argument of uh, I think NASCAR is the best sport in this world, the best sport this country has to offer us, and it is arguably the most piss-poor ran from an officiating standpoint. You know, hands down, they're incredibly inconsistent. The what is a caution? Was it what isn't a caution when rain is a problem? When rain, when rain isn't a problem, what is and isn't a penalty? Uh, who it applies to, how they enforce penalties, nothing is the same. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and I know that people like Zach, like you just hate NASCAR because you know they are always on Denny Hamlin. Like, no, man, like this is this is a problem. This is a problem that the sport fundamentally needs to fix. They need, you know, if you're going to sit here and have people like officiating a series, you've got to have people who have experience working in the series. You can't have you can't have a suit and tie guy coming to run your series. You've got to have a greased up mechanic, you know, former driver, former crew chief, somebody who knows something about anything about the sport of auto racing and not a guy who works in the Charlotte office. Um, One of those crew chiefs said that Jesse, Jesse Little, when he took over part of last year, was doing the truck series director, said Jesse had all the potential in the world, but then they wanted to yank him up to Xfinity and work those top two series, work between Xfinity and Cup which leaves the truck series stranded. It's that Brad Moran is halfway competent, but they kept going back saying Elton has been the best one that's been there over the last 10 years. And they ranked Chad Little second. And I said, I could see Chad Little being a good one because he's won, he's won multi-time races. He's been in the trenches just like Elton has. But they said that from the fact of that Chad and Elton, it was out there with the teams, talking to them, looking, watching, communicating. And you got these other ones just walk around that think they have the authority just because they have a hard card hanging off of a badge holder hanging on the belt. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. Exactly. Amen. So. Like, anyways, building off of NASCAR's incompetency, let's talk about the playoffs. Sorry, that was another shot at NASCAR. Um, <laughs> so, we have 11 drivers locked into the Cup Series playoffs currently. Obviously, 16 to get in. I'm going to ask you guys a series of questions to determine who you think can or cannot make, who will or will not make these playoffs. Before we get started, I'm going to go ahead and read off the 11 drivers that have been in through their wins. William Byron, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex. Ross Chastain, Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, Tyler Reddick, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Sitting at 12th, 126 points above the cutoff line is Kevin Harvick. 100 points above the cutoff line is Brad Keselowski. He's in 13th in the playoff grid. Uh, Christopher Chris Busher is 102 points above. He's technically 14th. He only has one stage win compared to Brad's now two. Uh, Daniel Suarez and Michael McDowell both sit three points above the playoff cut line. So, my first question, I, I think this is the biggest question of all of them, personally. Hendrick Motorsports only has two drivers currently locked in the playoff, and their other two are outside the top 20 in points. Does Hendrick Motorsports get all four drivers into the playoffs? Shell, give us your thoughts. Uh, to be completely honest, no, unless a miracle happens. Um, I'm sure you, over the course of the past few weeks since Chase came off of his suspension after missing injury or races from injury, uh, he, he's been on sort of a tear the past couple weeks, but then you come to this Atlanta race, he didn't get a whole lot of stage points, if any, uh, if, if my mind is correct. Um, but then you got Alex Bowman. He's like 22nd in the standings. Yeah. Alex Bowman is 26, 44 points out. Chase Elliott is 23rd, 60 points out. 
Uh, I can see Chase kind of sort of easing his way in, depending on how uh, McDowell, Suarez, and some of those other guys, if they get in a, you know, a DNF or something like that, and Chase kind of capitalized on it. But Alex Bowman, I kind of see him hitting a plateau uh, before the playoffs. So I don't think he's going to make it. Possibly Chase, but no to Alex Bowman. Matt, let's say you. I'm going to say three of the four. And the third. I'm going to call your shot on what the third one is? Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman. I don't think Chase gets in. The reason why I say Alex Bowman is because you've got Richmond looming up in a few weeks, and Alex is fairly decent at Richmond. Okay. Chase is – Chase has been too wildly inconsistent this year. And that's the way I'm going to word that. You don't know which Chase you're going to get from one week to the next. So if I had to say any one of them, it's going to be Alex Bowman, three of the four. All four do not get in. My hot take is that neither of them get in, actually. I could Uh, could could see that, too. Yeah. Alex Bowman is painfully, uh, you know, missing out because of his injuries and his penalty as well, his points penalty. And uh, for Chase Elliott, karma's a bitch. You wrecked any Hamlin, you missed the playoffs. Excuse me, pardon my French. Yeah, it's kind of ironic. Parlez-vous français. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> It's ironic that the race that he's that the suspension is probably going to cost him the play his chance to point his way in on the playoffs, because if yep. he had, if he had raced that race at Gateway, I bet mm-hmm. he points his way in, and I would not be saying you know I'd say he gets it on points, but simply simply put, missing seven races I think is just one too many. Um, another team here, Penske, has Ryan Blaney and Joe Logano both in with wins. Austin Cindric sits twentieth in the points. 38 out. Does Austin Cindric get in? Can he win a race and get in? Or will he? Excuse me. Matt, let's say you. I'm going to say maybe. And his only shot here on out being Watkins Glen because of his road course background and how many road courses that he's ran in his career before coming into Xfinity and uh, Cup. Watkins Glen is going to be his best shot, but maybe to the no side, not maybe to the yes side. Shell, let's say you. It's Austin Cindric get his way in. I'm kind of leaning towards uh, what Matt was saying too, Um, but I also think he might have a chance at Daytona. Uh, You saw – That's what the setup man is saying. Yeah, that you saw at the Atlanta race, like the Penske guys were – Kind of, kind of holding down, yeah, the front, and so I can see that happening again at Daytona if they can kind of, you know, get towards the end. I believe they might pull a colleague and, you know, hey, Cindric, go on, let's let's get you in the playoffs. I could see that. Okay. I could see that. All right, this is a this is an interesting question, so. I consider these three teams to be semi in competition with each other because they all have fresh ownership. Currently, Trackhouse has both their cars in the playoffs. Suarez is 15th, and Chastain's in with his win at Nashville. 
Tyler Reddick sits in with his win, and Bubba Wallace is only three points out, and RFK has both their drivers locked in on points currently. Of these three teams, how many of them get both of their drivers' playoffs? Shell, let's start with you. I didn't catch that last part. All right, so to rephrase the question, okay, there's three two-car teams. They all have fresh owners in Justin Marks, Denny Hamlin, and Brad Keselowski. Tyler Reddick is in for 23-11 right now. RFK has both Brad Keselowski and Chris Buescher. And Trackhouse has Chastain in on a win and Suarez in on points. Of these three two-car teams, which one, how many of them will get both their cars in the playoffs? Uh, I can see both Trackhouse and RFK keeping both of them in. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards the end of 23-11. Bubba doesn't get in. Uh, he just hasn't been as consistent um, as some of the other other teams, uh, you know, Suarez and um, RFK. Uh, but I, I I just think RFK and Trackhouse gets both of them in. Let's say you, Matt. I think all three of them get them in. I think Suarez keeps keeps his consistency and he stays on track. Uh, you've got, let's see, Bubba, which you know Bubba with Super Speedways. He's he's one of the he's one of the better Super Speedway racers in Cup right now. Nobody can argue that. I mean, it, sorry, but you, you really can't argue that. He's always up front and he finds his way up front, even if something happens that is under his control or out of his control. Let's worry it that way. But. Through the mile and a half, and even some of the short tracks, he's improved more this year than he was last year. And I contribute that to Booty Barker, keeping his head screwed on. Let's word it that way. I think all three of them get in. But all, all three of them get both cars in, and that's six of your 16 spots right there. I, I agree. I actually think I actually think Bubba Wallace wins the race. Um, we're coming up on the part of the season where he – he kind of, you know, really turned it on last year. Made himself a, a late, a late push to the playoffs. A top five in New Hampshire, top five at Pocono, uh, mm-hmm. strong runs at Michigan, uh, a top five at Michigan, I believe. A top five at the Indianapolis Road Course. Uh, comes down to, you know, of course Daytona in the regular season finale. I think, I think, uh, you know, Toyota. I, I think that, I think that the agenda is going to be there within the within. Uh, if he gets to Daytona, that they're gonna the Toyota agenda is gonna be to get Bubba in the playoffs. I think he's a little bit of a better bet than uh, Ty Gibbs to make it further. Uh, the sure. first round sets up pretty well for Bubba Wallace, I think. And I, I think Brad and Chris are gonna be able to point their way in. They have a they have a really nice cushion, right? So it really just kind of depends on who's gonna win these races. But you know, I mean, looking at these guys outside the playoffs, right? I mean, let's start with the guys right there in the cut. So Suarez. Suarez could win a road course, but I mean, is he going to win anywhere else? Really? I mean, I don't think Suarez is going to come out and win a Michigan or a, or a New Hampshire or a, maybe maybe he wins Pocono. He's been, you know, pretty solid at Pocono. He had some good runs there in the JGR year and the SHR years. But looking below or looking right there, Michael McDowell is he going to win anything besides a road course or Daytona? Oh, no, probably not. 
Like he's nah, he's the one I'm circling that's in that I think gets out. I just as good as he is. The thing for Michael, the thing for me about Michael McDowell is I feel like he's a top five road course racer in the series, sure. but he's at best a top fifteen car those weekends. Sure, he can only carry the car so far up the leaderboard, and I just feel like somebody's going to be outrunning him. You know, I mean, he's got a lot of competition on these road courses, a lot of competition between, you know, Denny Hamlin's newfound qualifying speed that he can't run in races. Daniel Suarez, Chris Buescher, guys who are kind of running around with him in that middle pack. I mean, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, Martin Truex has gotten a bat. Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, I mean, Austin Sindrick, uh, uh, A.J. Allmendinger. I mean, the, the field is stacked, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the setup man is saying it's going to be hard to knock Medall out, you know? And I tell you what, man, listen. I think Medal's going to be, you know, pain in the ass along the way to get out of here. But like, I just, I don't ever see him being like the the one to get the speed, the one that has the speed to get it done. And I don't ever see like I don't see them getting to Daytona and the agenda being to get Michael McDowell in the playoffs. You know, I think that when we get to Daytona, Penske's agenda is going to be to get Austin Cindric in. Toyota's agenda is going to be to get. Swar or to get Toyota's just gonna be to get Wallace or Gibbs in, if not both. Uh, I think that the you know the RFK cars are gonna try to protect themselves. Harvick's gonna protect himself, and then the Chevrolets are gonna be split between trying to get Daniel Suarez in or you know the Hendrick guys and Austin Dillon's gonna Austin Dillon his way around you know the track. So I just feel like there's too many. I just feel like there's too many different agendas for that teams are gonna try to accomplish to get Michael McDowell into the playoffs, you know? Right. Um, do y'all have any final thoughts on this or? Uh, I'm sorry. You can go ahead, Matt. No, go ahead. You're good. Sorry. I should have, I should have, this is terrible hosting show. Final thoughts. <laughs> You're good. This is why um, Justin does it. I'm just a pretty face. <laughs> uh, I can, I, I'm kind of with you, Zach, about all the different agendas, but then again, what if, Nutrition is going to be the main goal for, say, like Daytona. You know, maybe there's one, two, three spots left that uh, McDowell needs to, like, capitalize on. And we have an absolute big one like we have had in the past. Um, it could be could be going that, that way, too. Uh, with all the different agendas, you know, might have wrecks on pit road, might, you know, people ducking down in front of other t- uh, trying to get that extra spot or that extra stage point just to solidify themselves. Um, I I think this this year it could be could be kind of wild at Daytona, trying to get you know everybody on the same agenda, whether they're Chevy, Ford, or Toyota. But I think McDowell, as long as he protects himself and stays out of the wrecks for Daytona, um, he might. Might just pull it off. Yeah, I guess. I guess I'm saying is I could see him pointing his way in, but I don't see the 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 process of winning. And so you're asking me, can Michael McDowell be this competitive over the next six races? You know, to where Daytona is a point situation. I I think he can point his way in. I, I just don't know if he can win his way in. I don't think he can win his way in. So I guess the question is like, is he going to be 
within the earshot of pointing his way in or not. Matt, you're shaking your head. What do you think? Close but no cigar is the saying for him. That's how I'm going to say that. The one, in my personal opinion, that people don't need to sleep on is A.J. Allmendinger. Do not sleep on A.J. Allmendinger at any expense whatsoever because A.J. is an underrated super speedway rusher, in my opinion. you got Daytona to close the year out. you got not one, but two road courses back-to-back, one of them being Indianapolis that is A.J.'s wheelhouse. So if anybody's going to come spoil the party, I'm going to say it's A.J. Conveniently, his two cup wins are the two remaining road courses of the season, right? Bingo. I mean, Bingo. I think I think you're right here, Matt. I think if anybody's going to spoil these agendas and these parties, it's going to be college racing. It's going to be AJ, I think. Um, but with that being said, let's go ahead and move on to Pixford, New Hampshire. Um, we got a cup and Xfinity Series doubleheader this weekend. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and let the loose nut shell here. Shell, do you want to, so this is just the three of us and, you know, Justin's not here to boss me around. You can make your pick. You can give an explanation. You can not give an explanation. Um, you can do as much as you want, as little as you want. But uh, Shell, why don't you go and hit us with your Xfinity series pick first? Okay. So it, Xfinity at New Hampshire. There I'm are from- no cup drivers entered, just so we know. There are no yeah. cup Full-time cup, guys. I was already going to go with uh, two of the junior motorsports guys, not trying to be biased because Dale Jr. used to be my driver. But uh, I could see Josh Berry or uh, Justin Allgaier taking taking the checker there. You got to pick one. You can't pick both. Oh, come on now. Uh, Okay, I'll I'll go with uh, Justin Allgaier. All right, Matt, give us your Xfinity Series pick. We've got Justin Allgaier off the board. You can also pick Justin Allgaier. It's not an elimination thing. I'm going to stay with Junior Motorsports as well, and I'm going to say Sam Mayer gets it. Man, I tell you what, I would love to see Sam Mayer win. I am, you know, he's been through a lot. He's uh, had his longstanding rivalry with Ty Gibbs, and I need him to put it together. To replace Alex Bowman in the 48, so he stops wrecking Denny Hamlin. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I see it for Sam this weekend. I, you know, I'm, I'm a bit surprised that Joe Gibbs didn't didn't enter Christopher Bell uh, in this race in the Xfinity Series. He's won like four straight Xfinity Series races at New Hampshire. <laughs> um, you look at the, you look at the Xfinity. I'm looking at the Xfinity Series entry list for entry Gibbs. List, they have. Yep. Nemechek, Sammy Smith, and piloting the 19 car this week, none no, other no. than Joe Graff Jr. Listen, my left ass sheet could drive better than Joe Graff Jr. Uh, this is not – This is not. listen, there are a few drivers that I think are worse than Riley Hurst, but the list starts with Joe Graff. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I used to think yeah. I used to think Brandon Jones was on this list too, but Brandon Jones has won one too many Xfinity races to be on the list. But uh, you know, I'm gonna pick 
I'm a roll. I'm gonna roll with uh, John Hunter. I, I think that, you know, I, I think that this has been a Toyota playpen for years now. I think that there's gonna be a little bit of that magic there for him. You know, the magic mile. I I just I have a good feeling about the feeling good feeling about John Hunter Nemechek. I like what I'm seeing. I think that without Christopher Bell to stink up the show, I think that it's going to be a good one between him and like my other thought was Chandler Smith, actually. But uh, moving on to our Cup Series picks, Matt, why don't you go ahead and bat lead off on this one? Who do you got in the Cup Series? How do you not push all of your chips in on seatbelt? That's right. How, how do you not? I well, mean, you think I wore the basically- seatbelt shirt. Yeah, I mean, he's basically owned New Hampshire the last few years. So, how do you go against him? It's hard to. Shell, he took the low-hanging fruit, but uh, sometimes the lowest-hanging fruit is the most delicious. <laughs> um, let's say you, Shell. You got any? You got a cut pick for me? Only one, yeah. not two. Uh, so, so I actually did some research. I, uh, I went back to... Uh, the past 11 races at New Hampshire and the two drivers that were already in my thoughts to begin with, uh, in the past 11 races, races, Kyle Busch has two wins and Kevin Harvick has three wins. And I feel like, uh, KFB might get his, get another win at uh, New Hampshire. All right. I can see that. I can see that too, especially with the one at Gateway, right? Yep. Well, I think the most obvious picks have been chosen. Um, I still really think this is a Toyota playpen, man. I really do. But, like, I'm not, I'm not sure about Martin Truex. Uh, you know what? Screw it. This guy won here in 2020 and 2021. Uh, you know, NASCAR. I don't know what the weather's looking like for New Hampshire, but uh, if weather may be a factor, I'll take Eric Almarola. Bacon will sizzle. Bacon, <laughs> a little surf and turf with some bacon and lobster, right? Bacon kind of uh, turf. Yeah. Yeah. It is true. So, uh, uh, I'll take I'll take Eric Almarola in a wild card. Uh, yeah. If you're a part of the you know fantasy league that Mike Daffner puts on, uh, you might want to omit this part of the show because that <laughs> may or may not be what I was thinking about for picks, anyways. So let's not get on that subject because I hate this year in the fantasy league. <laughs> Dude, I'm I last in the standings. I'm dead Dude, last I'm next to last. Yeah, we're right there at the bottom. We're like 28th and 29th. 26th. I have I have one good driver and one driver that just screws it all up. I had Brad Keselowski and Austin Hill this week. So, anyways, let's go ahead and wrap up this show. It's been a pleasure replacing Justin, Mike, and Dan with both of you guys. I know yep. Shell was – hi, Dad. My dad's here in the comment section. Uh, I thought you were in bed, man. I asked you to be on this show too. Anyways, <laughs> uh Papa Bell will have to be on for some other special. Anyways, uh, I appreciate you guys coming on. I know Shell had that Alabama internet, you know, so I don't yeah. know what it was, but, uh, you know, maybe you were just giving it all to Talladega, you know. So that's okay. 
But uh, Shell, is there anything, any closing remarks, anything you want to say? I mean, you have the floor uh, is yours, and uh, you can be as unfiltered as you want to be. I don't say that now. I'm a cop, okay? So, <laughs> but no, um, I just going back at the Atlanta races and stuff. Uh, you know, rain shortened race at Atlanta for the Cup guys, kind of put everybody in a frenzy to try to get to the front, to try to, you know stay in the front before the rain came. Uh, my entire pick for that entire race was going to be, you know, Brad Keselowski. And he made a hard charge there at the end. But, you know, like y'all were saying, the caution rolled around for 10 laps before they actually red flagged it. So, uh, in a way, I, I actually did like the Atlanta race. It's, a, you know, kind of a non-traditional super speedway to an extent. But, I like the – I used to race go-karts, and I like, you know, bumper-to-bumper -bumper, uh, action, uh, shooting down on the inside of somebody to try to get in front of them just to, you know, slide job is what Junior says. But slide job up in front of them. Um, but definitely looking forward to New Hampshire. Like I said, KFB is going to be my pick. Um, rolling with the eight car this weekend, so – uh, just looking forward for the rest of the year and hoping if the internet holds up to be back again, if you have me. Absolutely, man. I loved having you on. Like I, like I said at the intro of the show, man, you were there for probably my most iconic, one of my most iconic moments podcasting. I know um, this show has delivered quite a few, but Dipstick Debates, may it rest in peace. Uh, it'll forever hold a special place in my heart, the 2021 Bristol Dirt Race, the weekend yeah. from hell. And, and I was the on the dipstick debate. Uh, I was on. I was actually at the police academy in my dorm uh, on the show with y'all. So that was right. like two years now. Yeah, twenty twenty one, man. It's been two and a half years. But Matt, give you the floor now. You can promote whatever you want to promote. Say whatever you want to say. You've been a fantastic uh, guest with a lot of insight. Maybe maybe I'll end up drying out from the rain at Mid-Ohio probably by <laughs> Wednesday, hopefully. But, uh, again, man, that was Mid-Ohio was an, it was an eye-opening, positive, fun experience to have and be there spotting for the 32 truck and their team. Uh, I'll definitely go back and do it again if ever asked, I, even if it's at an oval or at another road course, which – I kind of actually secretly want to go spot at Coda. So we'll just see how the schedule lines up the rest of the year and next year. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah. uh, it was a fun experience. I had a ball doing it. and appreciate you having me on to share the experience with y'all and uh, give you a little bit of an insight of how, how, you, how a race goes from a spotting standpoint. Uh, yeah, man. Fact, uh, I'm sorry, Zach. Go ahead. Um, me and Brett Holmes actually used to race go karts against each other. So you want to know? You want to know? The, you want to know the funny part about that? Was <laughs> that I'm married to Brett's sister. Ah, okay. So a full yeah. circle moment. <laughs> yeah, kind of a full circle moment there. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, it was uh, yeah. Been married to her for going on twelve years now. So that was a there you go. that was fun fun experience to get to do that. That's awesome. Well, you know, this is the first spotter guest we've had on the show. So, listen, uh, Brett Griffin, Freddie Kraft, 
TJ Majors, I do like your podcast, but you can all kiss Matt's ass. He's ten times the spotter you are. Someone cut it's that. Company right there. Someone cut that. Send it to Brett Griffin. I'm uh, not blocked yet, but I'm halfway there, I'm sure. <laughs> Called him out for one tweet last week, and I thought I was going to get blocked, but you know, maybe he's playing <laughs> baseball with me. It's three strikes, you're out. But uh, probably missed mine on the other tweets that he blocked. <laughs> but uh, anyways, it, it's it's been an honor hosting the show, being back. Uh, you know, it's been a busy, busy summer for me. Uh, but I, I am, I don't know how much I've confirmed this, but of course I will be at Texas in the fall uh, for all who we know, maybe the last race of Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, I don't want it to be, but everybody else does. So with that being said, uh, Matt, if you are at Coda, uh, you know, I'm a couple hours away, but that was my, one of my two rain races was the inaugural Coda race. Uh, my other one was the 2020 Texas playoff race that lasted four days. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, I was, mm. that was an interesting day at the track for sure. It all started with that, uh, oh, who hooked, uh, Christian Eck is hooked Chandler Smith, I think in the fence or was it the vice versa? Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Did it a uh, chase Elliott style. <laughs> true. That is true. But uh, of course I want to thank my parents for their support. Uh, of course the dedication and the time to make sure I get to watch racing and have it be a part of my life in the way that it is. Thank you guys again for you guys, both of you joining. If not, it would have been a a Zach monologue, which isn't (laughs) a bad thing, but probably isn't a good thing for most people. And of course have a wonderful week, uh, back to a five day week, but, uh, folks we're closing in on the playoffs when Denny Hamlin will once again reign supreme for nine weeks and not the test. (laughs) <laughs> like me coming just short just so close but mm. y'all have a wonderful week and we will see right. y'all in the next one alright y'all see ya. See ya. have a good one yep I hit in broadcast. Why is this not ending? Please. All right. Now I'm getting angry. No. All right.